The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, get 100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. Welcome, everyone, to the Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. And man, truly a hard death in Super Bowl 57, losing 38-35 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man, it was just it, it was just really the, the worst case to go out is that Hurts balled out. He had a hopefully not, but just like an amazing, you know, performance, like an epic performance played his heart out, left everything on that field. And they still couldn't get the win because the defense just couldn't get a stop. It was, it was brutal to watch. It was, it was painful, especially that last drive. I don't, you know, again, to me, that's not a defensive holding call, but really like, let's, let's be real. The defense couldn't get a stop. It doesn't matter. It was just, it was just so, so frustrating. What a frustrating way to end the season. But um, yeah, I, oh God, there's, there's so much to be pissed off about. I'll let you take it from there, Rob. What, what, uh, what's your take on Super Bowl 57? To me, it, it felt like almost Super Bowl 52, where no one could stop either team. We just didn't get that one turnover. We didn't get that one stop. We didn't get that strip sack. We didn't get that interception because guys were wide open. We just, we needed one play on the defensive side and just couldn't get it. Yeah. I mean, Rob, what a roller coaster. Um, you know, the offense really exceeded my expectations. They yeah. came out and, and played a great first half. And I'll give Hertz a lot of credit. I mean, that fumble was a disastrous play, you know, just yep. lost the ball. And I think a lot of young QBs um, in the Super Bowl, in the biggest mo- moment, would have been really rattled by that. And, you know, to Hertz credit, he came back on that next drive and and marched right down the field for a touchdown. And And really, as you said, Played lights out. I mean, who would have thought if you would have told me, you know, if you would have told anyone before the game that Hertz was going to throw for 300 yards and have what a total four, of four TDs and Mahomes was only going to throw for 180 yards, uh, <laughs> no one would have thought the Chiefs could have won the game. Um, you know, unfortunately they did. Um, but you know, Hertz Hertz was the bright spot in the game and, and really the offense as a whole. They they moved the ball, they played well. Um, you know, yeah, AJ, I wish, AJ Brown had a really good game. I mean Yeah, that bomb, that bomb I was gonna bring that up was amazing. You oh, know, I kind of wish they would have gone for it on that one fourth and two. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Devontae, I still don't know how they overturned that one catch oh, at man. the end of the half. That was brutal. Um, it's like, dude, that's a catch. He he had three steps. It was just Oh God. And, and Hertz's so, fumble was like his only, you could make a good case. That was his only mistake. 
and it yeah, just bounced and, right you know, to that chief. I, I, I'm trying to focus on the positives here, but the, the the negative to me is just Gannon. And you guys know <laughs> I've been out on Gannon for a long, yes. long time. And you know, going back to the toward the end of the season, you guys were trying very hard to convince me mm-hmm. that uh, he had turned a corner. His defense was good. Sean, you gave him the five year extension. I did. Um, but luckily, the Cardinals down. bailed yeah, me out. I mean, I have never seen such a lack of adjustment. And, and guys just, I mean, not just getting beat, but guys were like, no one was even within the vicinity of those receivers, like 15 yards open. Like, you know, Sean, you could have thrown some of those touchdown passes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was just really sad in the biggest moment. And then, you know, I feel sorry for the Cardinals fans that that, that watched that game in their home <laughs> stadium and then hired them a day later. Yeah, um, what are they doing? You know, good, good luck. Well, Justin, what about you? I know uh, Justin went, he went on a darkness retreat, essentially. He just said <laughs> after the game, he goes, guys, I'm out for a few days. I'll let you know when I come back and just completely went dark on text. I assume he was leaving the house to do some sort of work or whatever. I assume he was still talking to his family. I, although I can't confirm, Justin, how you doing now? Uh, I mean, a little bit better. I think I, I talked to you when we first came on. I mean, I think it was yesterday driving home from work. I was like, I think I could finally do the podcast maybe. But um, yeah, I'm here. I, I don't know why anybody would be listening to this. Uh, just It's just, I, I don't understand it. I still haven't gotten around to listening to any type of podcast about no. the Super Bowl. Just staying completely away from it. Um, if, if you are listening, I, I mean, I guess you're a masochist because, man, I'm still down. Um, I, I just, yeah, Rob, uh, Rob, first and foremost, I agree. I mean, the whole Gannon, uh, he just completely, completely let us down. Um, you saw just got so out coached it was ridiculous uh part of that i guess you can argue and i did see this online some people were saying uh you know gannon's only had two two years of experience there compared to andy but still you got to be able to make the adjustments the sad part is is they basically ran the same play but to the other side of the field you know in, in the red zone then again and and no adjustments were made i mean that's coaching just just shitty coaching right there. Um, it's also, I mean, the secondary as well. Like, don't you go back to the sideline then and have some communication, like Slay, talk to Maddox, like let them know they're doing it. And yeah. from everything I watched too, they were kind of setting up to see where they ran on that uh, second down sweep play. And then if we bit, they were going to run that play again. And we did. And, and uh, you know, Maddox was way out of place there and didn't communicate quickly enough. And uh, kudos to Andy. I mean, the, the guy – Outcoached us 100%. Uh, going into this game, you know, I was thinking, you know, he's had some pretty big blunders in playoff situations, and I was hoping it was going to happen again. But um, I guess with Gannon at the at the defensive helm, I mean, uh, everything was on the table for Andy, and it worked out for, for them. Um, it just it's just really upsetting. Sorry, I know I keep I'm going on and on, but I just felt like we had such a good team. Health Let was it all in our out, favor Justin. this. Health was in our favor this season too. I know Hertz got dinged up, and we don't we're not still not hundred percent sure about that shoulder. But I mean, guys stayed healthy. The O line was great. The defensive line was amazing. Um, the other thing I just wanted to bring up, the other big disappointing factor was just that fucking field. Like, yeah, it took away oh. our 
it castrated our defense, uh, our defensive line. We couldn't get any pressure. I've read so much about cleats now on Reddit. Apparently, everybody's <laughs> a fucking uh, works at Foot Locker. But uh, I guess the the cleats oh, that wow. they had on uh, the defensive line of KC, they went into a different type of cleat. We kept on the spikes where you could just change the cleats to make them longer. I don't really know what the fuck all this means. All I know is we had a lot more slippage, as I saw online, compared to their defensive line as well so well i don't yeah. know i'm i'm still in shambles well, I, I thank you for the ser- therapy session guys you can charge me later <laughs> what an <laughs> embarrassment cool. that field i mean they worked on this this strain supposedly for two years uh eight hundred thousand dollars is what i read and yeah. I, I mean it was awful I, I mean how does this happen in a league that essentially has unlimited resources yeah um that you know they could have played on some dirt field somewhere and had better footings. I mean, and look, I'm not blaming the game on that. Both teams played on the exact same field. If the cheats, if the chiefs made better cleats adjustments, kudos to them. Uh, but it was completely embarrassing. And um, I, I think I saw somewhere, someone said before the game, like, Oh, if watch out, if, if the field's outside at night, uh, because it's colder, it could be you know more moisture or something. You know, there's all kinds of theories floating around. But the bottom line is, it should not happen in the NFL with the resources that they have in the biggest game of the season. Um, it was absolutely awful. And uh, you know, I'll just throw in one more thing. I agree with you, Justin. Kudos to Andy. He obviously outcoached Gannon big time. Um, and the irony is that he beat us essentially with clock management. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, after all those years of being knocked for clock management, it, it came back to be. He, he tried and- though. He he wasted some timeouts early, but yeah, he really did close it out. And you know, I don't want to come off as like one of those forty winer fans, but the field did hurt us more. I'll say it. Uh, and it's not sour grapes, but you know, our team had a better pass rush. We had a better defensive line, so it, it's clearly neutralized both pass rushes. And I think it hurt us more. And, and that's why, that's why the Gannon stuff is so frustrating. Like the players certainly deserve a bunch of blame on the defensive side for not, um, not just playing better, uh, you know, honestly, but also like when you see your four linemen and aren't getting to the quarterback, you need to roll the dice and blitz them. You need to get creative. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the other thing Casey did is they started blitzing up the middle, and yeah. that's one thing we didn't do because they were getting that leverage. Sorry, yeah, Sean, just know. one other thing. Um, I just wanted to point out, uh, I guess Oklahoma State originally came up with that Bermuda grass or whatever. They came out with a statement today that said, while OSU scientists developed and patented uh, Tahoma 31, they had no role in creating or preparing the field for Super Bowl. <laughs> they don't want to. It's just something it. Guys, we did not make that shitty, shitty field uh, to me. And you guys obviously hit on a ton of stuff. I mean, the, the and I think we mentioned it on the preview show of like the punting stuff um, that could have yeah. been a big issue. And of course, that was yeah. just that was brutal. And, and to Rob's point, like fourth and two. I, I mean, at the time I was like, man, we're backed up on our own end. We just need one stop. And then that that Kadarius Tony punt return was just brutal to mm. me. And it's a it's a domino. It's like one of those, you know, whatever, whatever the expression's called, um, you know, butterfly flaps its wings and then like it changes butterfly everything. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Butterfly effect. Yeah. I I I Isaac Sayamalu, third and like less than one, you know. You know, Hertz is going to do the QB sneak. You know, he's going to get it. And then he false starts. And then on the next play, 
they run some sort of QB draw and the ball just slips out of Hertz's hands. A guy who like doesn't do stuff like that. It was so out of character. And then of course the ball bounces perfectly. The, the scoop and score. It was just, it was just brutal. Taking a quick break to talk about win bet. Of course, the official online sports book of the sports gambling podcast and the sports gambling podcast network, the diehard Eagles podcast. They got you covered. Uh, it's brutal. Football is over, or is it? XFL is here this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Get down on the XFL over at WinBet. Plus, I mean, they got it all. Daytona's happening this Sunday. Uh, they got plenty of NBA, NHL every single day. And of course, the beautiful, beautiful parlay wheel. Spin that baby to your heart's desire. Sportsgivenpodcast.com slash win bet so you can get that bet 100. Get 100. A limited to state availability. Sportsgivenpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win bet is available. If you're somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-47. Hundred, And we're back on the diehard Eagles podcast. As far as positives, I mean, to me, there, there's a lot of positives. W- one is how Hertz responded after that fumble. Like he didn't, he didn't pout. He didn't just hang his head and be like, Oh, game's over. Like he, he responded and he did. He responded the entire game. I mean, getting that, um, you know, getting that two point conversion, um, you know, the way he just drove, I mean, they were down eight points and he just put the team on his back and just drove down. And it was, it was just impressive to watch. And I think last but not least, like the way they handled themselves after the game in the loss, with the exception of Jonathan Gannon, who didn't appear to do any sort of press, uh, the one guy everyone wants to talk to, they, they took it like men. They were just like, Hey, we're not going to complain. We're not going to whine. Um, you know, Hertz had that great interaction with um Gio, the the podcaster, the little kid um who hosts shows. And you know, he he just said you can either, you know, you can just look at this as a learning lesson, as tough as it was. And um I, I think it was just an yeah, again, brutal gut-wrenching way to lose the game and just game in general. But I was proud of the way they handled it and and just their demeanor in general. So I don't know, Rob, what about you? What, what positives? I mean, everyone, yeah, I mean, the biggest positive, as you said, is hurts. I mean, he, he showed on the biggest stage that he can be elite and, and is elite and uh, probably made himself a lot of money in that game. Quite honestly. Oh yeah. um, You know, I think I saw uh, even Travis Kelsey said, you know, arguably he could have been the MVP as on the losing team. I mean, he, he was that good um, and, and deserves a lot of kudos. So um, you know, really, the offense as a whole, our playmakers showed up. I mean, you know, everyone pitched in. Devontae had some nice catches. Um, you know, obviously, A.J. Brown had that nice deep ball where he made made the adjustment and made the catch. You know, the only guy that kind of came up small, and I don't know if he was hurt, he was out for a bit, was Miles Sanders. Yeah, that was um, weird. He he checked out for a while. He didn't seem like he was running hard um, and, like, hitting the hole. There was there was a lot of rumors about him dealing with a knee issue. I thought Kenny Gainwell played pretty good too. Yeah, I agree. He almost had that first touchdown. Uh, oh, that cost great. me so much money. I know. <laughs> no, but look overall, and honestly, I thought, you know, obviously you can give give blame to Sirianni for maybe not reining Gannon in during the game, but overall, I thought he coached well from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, he he. he him and Steichen, and Steichen too, I should say. Obviously, he calls the plays, but they stayed aggressive, especially in the first half. 
Um, maybe they could have been a little more aggressive in the second half, but um, you know, I, I think, I think they came and, and the moment wasn't too big. Could they have coached a little better? Yeah. But you know, Andy Reed obviously has a ton of experience on them and, and being second year coaches uh, with the team, you know, I think they did well. And I think that they had the team ready to play. They scored 35 points, um, which is the most ever not to win a Super Bowl. So um, there are positives to take out of this. Yeah, I agree with you there uh, for the most part. I think the a couple of concerns though I did have with Sirianni is like at the end of the half, there was nine seconds left. Uh, they could have called a timeout and they and tried to take uh, – take, you know, a little little route there to the end zone maybe with AJ and they let the clock wind down to three and took the field goal instead. I kind of get it. Um, I, I still don't understand the – on third and 11, we had the delay of game. He finally took a timeout for – I think it was the first time in the season in order to avoid the delay of game, if I remember reading correctly before that, which was weird because he saved us from a third and 16 – and we ended up getting like I don't know, not enough yards. We kicked the field goal after that, which was just a little odd. Um, he didn't call a horrible game. I don't disagree, uh, but I think there was some stuff that I mean, Sirianni could definitely grow, grow from. The other thing too is, I I get the emotion before the game, but when I see that, I also think is this moment a little bit too big for a guy right here right now but I, I i'm not going to get into that i guess a man's allowed to express his emotions <laughs> in the biggest game of his career so i don't know i just that was the first time when i saw that happen i was like i don't know if this is going to work out i was so confident and then that that kind of happened but anyways yeah i mean you know it's one of those things they you know they get a turnover and and win the game and everyone you know you never you never think of it again it's true it's probably yeah. something that you know it gets on your radar and you're like what's he doing he's 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 like um yeah i i don't know the the motion stuff to me it's like if it works with his players it works for me and it seemed to yeah. have worked for the majority of the season um, yeah, I have no issue with it. I mean, I think that's Sirianni style. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he, and he's got the players to buy in because of that emotion. Um, you know, if he had been crying, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, I'd certainly have an issue with it. But uh, you know, pregame it's fine. You know, it's Justin. It's like you know, you go to the perfect pizza place, and uh, you know that ten out of ten slice, and you open the box, and you might get a little emotional before I mean, you. Mean ten out of ten slice. Uh, I'll agree. Yeah, that's true. When you go home. Some- some greasy on that di- pizza to greasy dicks and get that uh the hot dog and gyro that you've been ha- been dreaming about living you know the entire time you, guy gets choked up i get a little emotional right now kind of thinking about it so you guys make valid points i'm, I'm justin, back on that justin is tearing up uh what, what about the season i mean man it's so annoying because i i remember the conversations that we had coming into the season it was just like hey Win a playoff game with Hurts. That's that would be the bar for a successful season. But then I think they 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 screwed themselves by raising the expectation so high by playing so well in the regular season and having such a good team and and setting the bar so high and and you know the offense playing so well in the Super Bowl. To me, I, I think there were a lot of questions from some haters out there. I mean, there were clowns out there saying that, uh, you know, they would rather have Daniel Jones than Jalen Hurts, which now you look at the season, that just sounds idiotic. Um, and even, you know, guys like Phil Sims, who still won't give him his uh, give him his due. To me, this is like hopefully the beginning, uh, knock on wood here, of the Jalen Hurts era. 
I mean, yeah, Sean. A... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep no, going. go for it. <laughs> no, I was no, going to disagree that, with you. That, and that say, to me uh, is like the the biggest, you know, positive. Again, we were so close to being champs and and kind of him being an instant legend, but. You never know if you if you're gonna get back. I mean, it is the NFL, but man, were they so close? And I, I'm just super optimistic. Like th- that guy is going to win a bunch of games for us. You know, uh, you know, assuming injury and everything else. Like I I can't remember a, an athlete in Philly sports that was so mentally strong and had such a good work ethic. Like to me, it's right up there with. You know, I, I'm not going to put him up there because he hasn't had the career so far, but like he reminds me of Brian Dawkins a lot, just like the intensity and the commitment to excellence. So the fact that we're going to re-sign him and pay him a shit ton of money, of course, Justin and I locked him up for 30 million a year, which is going to look like a steal <laughs> when the actual deal comes out. But this to me feels like the beginning of the Jalen Hurts era. And that to me is a, is something to be excited about. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, Sean. I think if there is one takeaway from the season, it's the fact that, hey, we we have a top five quarterback now, and which is so, so hard to find within this league. We thought we had it with Wentz, and yeah. obviously he wasn't it. Um, but, it, but, I mean, Jalen is on a whole nother level. And as you just pointed out, he has the intangibles as well. I mean, that guy and just the shit that comes out of his mouth, it's just yeah. amazing. It's Every like time quote, I see a quote, it's just I a, want a Jalen Hurts awesome. calendar with all these motivational ass quotes. <laughs> I had a purpose before anybody had an opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, does that make you harder than anything else? Come on, man. <laughs> rock hard. I mean, honestly, if I was, you know, and I did obviously feel super down, super depressed about the game, but then you just watch him and the way he handles his business. It's like, man. This guy actually was out there on the field, putting his body on the line and like, he's able to process it. I, I got to stop being a whiny bitch and, and try and try and try and power through. But Rob, I, I, you know, what about you? What about the season is, was losing the Super Bowl worth it? If it, if it meant getting rid of Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll take the victory. So uh, you would rather you uh, would rather have uh, for, you, you you can't take this back, Rob. So you would rather have the Super Bowl and Jonathan Gannon for ten more years. Uh, I mean, yes, I'm going to take the Super Bowl, but I think in, in a real world, he was getting hired no matter what. If he got hired nah. after a loss, with the yeah. way that defense played, he was certainly going to get hired after a win. So I think I would have been covered either way. Um, but like you said, I mean, obviously Hertz is is a huge bright spot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go one up and and I'm gonna also give kudos to the return of Howie. Um, oh yeah, he deserves I mean, a lot from of from a guy that was getting a lot of flack. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were doubting him. I've said I mean, fire him just, a number of times. Exactly, he really came back with a vengeance and and has really established himself as you know a top, if not the top executive in the league. I mean, some of the moves that he made. I mean. How did we get CJGJ for a steal? Oh man! Uh, you know, I mean, that was an unbelievable trade. You know, the Reddick signing, uh, you know, I think was a bargain. Um, yeah. You know, even you could argue that when they dr- had the foresight to draft Wentz, whether that was Laurie, Howie, whoever that was, I mean, not Wentz, Hurts, uh, obviously. Um, you know, he's really did a great job this year of of you know reconstructing the roster. I mean, we had like 
one or two bad run games uh, after Jordan Davis went out and he went and signed Sue and Joseph like immediately. I mean, he he wasn't resting on his laurels. So, you know, that gives me confidence for the future. We know he's great with the cap, um, but, you know, I I think he's going to stay aggressive. And, you know, I think he's gotten better at drafting, too. Um, You know, I know he's not drafting these like, but, you know, loser guys from the Pac-12 or exactly Florida Gators because he went there. He was he's just been drafting like Alabama and Georgia guys. And it's been working out good. He's drafting the obvious guys like Devonta Smith. That was like a kind of an obvious pick, and he he didn't overthink it, and he and he did it. And you're right, Rob. Like he does, he does deserve a, a ton of credit um, for this season and setting us up. Like you know, obviously, it's so hard to get back to the Super Bowl in back to back years, but um, you know, having two first round picks certainly is huge. It creates a ton of options for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you want to get some studs that you, you don't have to pay much or, um, yeah, it, it just creates a ton of options. I just also liked, uh, around the Super Bowl when everybody's interviewing him, they just kept saying about how, and how do you fleece all these teams? <laughs> and he kept being like, son of a bitch. Uh, and then he'd be like, no, no, I worry about me. What is it that I might be giving up? I they might be fleecing me. <laughs> so, uh, and also, uh, it's funny. Anytime ever everyone compliments him, they also bring up. And he was locked in an equipment locker for a year during. Gym- <laughs> <laughs> like, hey guys, can we stop bringing that up? Like, uh, I feel like it always gets mentioned. I was rewatching the Super Bowl uh, speeches, and it's like. <laughs> And Kelsey's like, and they put Howie Roseman somewhere where I couldn't even see him. He's hanging out with the tackling dummies. Just, it was guy, so awkward that moment the of the Bowl. speech, too. Yeah, yeah. They, they because he's standing him. next to Jeffrey Lurie. Lord, it's yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, hey, Jeff, remember when you locked me in the equipment locker or let Chip Kelly almost tear us apart? And kudos to Howie. I mean, I, honestly, like a lot of other guys would have just said, fuck this and quit. But he had the patience um, to stick it out. I mean, again, they must they have they clearly have a good relationship. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm Howie. How do you not mention that a bunch? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> honestly, kudos to to Jeffrey Laurie too. For I mean, not he's getting really rid of him into, either, Yeah, he, he's really been turned into be a great owner. I mean, and talk about a guy that's made some great coaching hires. I mean, you know, from oh, Andy yeah. Reid, who was you know not a a real well known guy when he was hired to. Uh, you know, we'll skip Chip Kelly, although at the time Chip Kelly was a flashy hire and honestly yeah. had some decent records. He just his way of going about things, I don't think worked. Um, but then Doug Peterson uh, and now Nick Sirianni. I mean, uh, he does not always the most known guys, but, you know, certainly guys that have worked out and, and he deserves credit for that. Yeah, I think Rob and I were uh, talking in the text. We're saying about how, you know, maybe uh, Lori can work out a deal with Hertz where uh, he he slides him some money, puts him in a movie production or something like that, <laughs> like kind of like the Jenkins situation where he almost held out. And then somehow him and Lori had a meeting and everything was fine. And there was like no extra money given. It was kind of funny. Yeah, maybe, you know, he's a those those Hollywood types. Maybe they can figure out a way to. <laughs> slip them some money. What, but I mean, I do think we need to, we need to hit on losing both coordinators, obviously losing Steichen, I think could end up being huge because he was the play caller and you know, they're, they're obviously the offense looked way better when he took over play calling last year. And then obviously this year was an awesome year. 
Hopefully they, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, maybe he gets a promotion. That's what I would be rooting for. And I know it's uh, no one likes Jonathan Cannon. No one's going to miss Jonathan Cannon. But you did see Andy Reid struggle a lot um, to find coordinators to replace ones he lost. So, I, again, I'm not going to miss Jonathan Cannon, but there's a there's a possibility we end up with a defensive coordinator that could be worse than Jonathan Gannon, which is really tough to imagine. But I I, I think it needs to be said that um, it's not going to be easy to find good replacements, and it it's not something we should brush off here in the offseason. Rob, do you have any early leans on who you want to replace Gannon? Well, you know, no. Um, and one, I, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to miss them. Uh, we need someone that can make adjustments. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. I think my preference would be to, on offense, I think you promote Brian Johnson. He seems like the obvious choice. You know, Schefter, I heard him on a radio, and he made it sound like it was almost a sure thing that it was going to be Brian Johnson. Uh, maybe not, but, you know, it sounded like he was certainly the leading candidate, and he has a great relationship with Hertz. So I, I, would, I would give him the shot, see how it goes. I think there is – positives to promoting from within and encourages other coaching you grow your tree um, but for defense I would kind of be inclined to go to an outside hire bring in kind of someone more independent maybe a more senior experienced guy who can balance out uh, some of the youth of our um, you know offensive coaching staff kind of like what the intent with Schwartz was when he was here uh, especially since Sirianni's not the defensive guy. If you get a a, a, a more senior guy, I know Sean, you threw out the name Lovey Smith. Yeah. Um, candidly, I don't know a ton about his defensive style, but obviously he was a su- successful defensive coordinator and got him promoted to a head coach. Um, you know, I heard the name Vance Joseph thrown around. If the Cardinals don't keep him, um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure who else is out there. I think honestly, we probably if this happens three weeks ago, we probably hire Fangio before he signs with the Dolphins, um, since he had the consulting relationship with us and and whatnot. But um, you know, the only thing I'll I'll note as well, going back to the offense, I know um, you know, Sirianni, you know, everyone's talking about how the offense got so much better after he gave up play calling and this and that. You know, the one thing I will note is that uh, you know, since he gave up play calling, Hertz has made some tremendous strides as a yeah. thrower and as a passer. And so I, I think Steichen did a fantastic job. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think the the job of our offensive play caller also started to get easier as Hertz progressed versus that first year when Sirianni was calling plays. So hopefully whoever steps in will continue to build on that. I guess if I had any criticism of of the Steichen regime while he was calling plays, and and this isn't, I shouldn't even say criticism, but maybe something we can improve on is we always started very hot. And then in the second half, I think sometimes got a little too conservative. And he even said in his opening press conference, Steichen, that, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, pass to score and run to win or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I'm probably getting it wrong. And, you know, it kind of hit me when he said that, like, yeah, that's basically what we did. And and it caused us to kind of get a little more conservative in the second half of games. And, you know, fortunately, we had gotten up enough that we didn't need to. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, obviously, every coordinator wants to put their own little stamp on it. So uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks. Yeah, I guess there's a couple uh, internal candidates on the defensive side. They are uh, defensive backs coach, defensive line coach. Supposedly they're going to be in the mix. 
Um, and then Gerard Mayo, the linebackers coach for the Patriots, he uh, supposedly a name to watch. Um, him and Fangio were supposedly like kind of on the list, um, but then it looks like Fangio uh, not going to happen because he signed with the Dolphins. What about you, uh, Justin? Any any thoughts on the uh, coordinators? Yeah, no, I mean, Stikens, I think most certainly is going to be missed. Uh, Rob pointed out, you know, uh, Sirianni giving a play call duties. It just kind of made me think about, I think Jeff Fisher did an interview recently. And I mean, the, the guy wasn't an amazing coach, especially at the end of his career, but he did make a Super Bowl there with his team. Uh, but he he was talking about how, especially as a first year coach, it's near impossible to, uh, you know, uh, be able to play call and be the head coach at the same time. And I think it, it just listening to that, it made, sound like it was it's really wise of Sirianni in order to give it up and I mean Steichen I mean for his credit he did do a really good job uh the one thing I did notice though is uh I think it was uh, unscripted he gave the locker room speech before the end uh at the beginning of a game and it actually sounded almost word for word something that would have came out of Sirianni's mouth so um it, it does seem like uh you know Sirianni had a big impact on him and hopefully he'll have a big impact on as you guys said Brian Johnson so no, wait wait uh Justin were you saying were you talking about Shane Steichen when he got announced as the Colts head coach where he was he was given that uh speech is that what you were talking about no I was talking about uh on an Eagles unscripted uh oh Oh, I think it was oh, a couple right. weeks ago. Yeah. He would, yeah, he was talking to the guys about hitting them. I don't know, round for round, like a boxing match, blah blah blah. And I was like, that. If I didn't know any better, it would be it would be Nick saying this, but it wasn't. Uh, so uh, I just to just to say that you know, I think Sirianni had a big impact on him overall. So uh, as far as coaching up a guy as an OC, I think he has that ability. And as you guys said, Brian Johnson looks like he's going to be in that position soon. Well, I, I mean, I did see the Shane Steichen press conference when he got introduced as the Colts head coach. And he was like, he went through all the players, thanked them. He got real emotional. He got started crying. So I was thinking maybe he also got that from Sirianni. Mm. Uh, being I thought that was sense. a classy he move. He went out of his way to thank all the No, guys. it really was. Um, it really was. I'm just making I fun actually, of him for crying. I thought it was. I said this to Sean. I, I find this interesting. Now that he's not um, an eagle. <laughs> if I was the Cardinals... Um, I would have really wanted to try to interview and hire oh, Steichen. 100%. Um, because it's an interesting dynamic, right? You know, Hertz, he's done such a good job with Hertz. Dual threat QB, can run, tough runner, can throw. You know, maybe not the, you know, biggest guy, strongest arm. You know, plenty strong. I'm not, that's not as a knock. But, um, and, and you know, they have Kyler, and they're obviously committed to Kyler. And, I almost could see some parallels to our offense with Hertz to what they could maybe try to do with Kyler. Um, so I just I just found that interesting. I thought if I was the you know the Cardinals owner, I would have maybe been more interested in Steichen than than Gannon. I mean, certainly it wouldn't have been me that would have been interested in Gannon, but um, you know Steichen could have been an interesting fit there too. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Rob. I, I do wonder if it was a situation where Steichen just felt more comfortable going to Indy, or he kind of potentially had his pick and was like, "Yeah, there's no way." Because if you look at those jobs, I would definitely be taking Indy over the Cardinals at this point. Well, and I'm sure, pick. I'm sure, you know. Um... Although it's interesting because, you know, Sirianni was like yelling in the stands, this is for Frank Reich. 
So like, does <laughs> does Ursay call him up and be like, "Hey, can you recommend Shane Steichen?" Or like, what what is that conversation? <laughs> That's got to be yeah. super weird. Um, because obviously you would expect the head coach to give a recommendation for his coordinator. Like usually they're trying to help these guys get jobs. Honestly, my uh, buddy uh, Justin, who's a Chargers fan, he was really hoping that the Chargers were going to. Um, we're going to uh, sign uh, Shane Steichen as their head coach, but it sounds like the Chargers are just incredibly cheap and don't want to pay out uh, the the money they would have to do to get rid of their head coach. So, yeah, the problem and, is, and, I think uh, if you're a coordinator, you know, when you're hot, you got to take the job, even if it's maybe not the perfect spot, because yeah. you never know what's going to happen next year. I mean, I think we use the example. You know, look at Byron Leftwich; he was a coaching candidate last year, and um, you know, was he, he didn't get hired anywhere. I, I can't forget if he didn't get hired or just chose to stay. But and now this year he's out as the offensive coordinator from Tampa Bay. So, like, you never know what's going to happen. I just think sometimes you got to take the opportunity when it presents itself. Also, names get hot, as you said. I mean, look at the enemy. I know he's got other reasons, potentially. Uh, uh, obviously, he's got a little bit of a past and the fact that I've heard he doesn't interview so well. But, you know, once you've gone around, a little bit your name kind of gets stale to people i think as well so uh but just back to the uh defensive coordinator i am a little concerned sean losing gannon i mean i i, yeah, I we're do Gannon think guys. you know he had some chemistry with the guys i think it's hard to put in you know your defensive scheme <laughs> to a certain ex- extent as well so having another guy come in and trying to implement what he wants to implement is going to be uh interesting to say the least i know we had a ton of talent for gannon go Going on and but we were you know uh the number one ranked defense i mean the sack total was amazing part of that is obviously due to the talent but i, I think he the way he had things going it did seem to work for the talent that we had on the team um i know as you said vic fangio uh name was talked tossed around early on and maybe we would have got him but he was picked up and the, the one thing i did want to mention is can we change this interview process i don't i don't understand why they can't start interviews after the Super Bowl. And yeah. uh, I, I get the fact that, you know, we're bitter now due to the fact that uh, our guys have been poached. But it seems to come up every season, especially for the teams that go to the Super Bowl well, and, and uh, end, yeah. up, end up getting poached after the fact. I mean, we we're late to the buffet table. And as a big eater like myself, you never want to be late <laughs> to the buffet table. No, um, no. So. I guess the argument is what free agency is only a month away now and they got to get prepared for that. But can't you push that back a little bit? I mean, the draft isn't uh, till a little bit later. So I don't know. I'm just saying it seems it just seems unfair. Yeah, no, it's it's the the why not just start it after the Super Bowl? Because it it really it also it sucks for the the coaches, right? Because if you're if you're Shane Steichen, becoming an NFL head coach is probably your dream. It's an opportunity of a lifetime, but don't you want you want to be able to put everything you have into those interviews, and then you're also preparing for the Super Bowl? Like it's just it's it's brutal for those guys. Also, Jonathan Gannon, I think, has to have had like the shortest lived likability run in <laughs> in Eagles history because when that video came out of him in that in that Range Rover or whatever rolling down the window going, we're gonna gut those 49ers, we're gonna gut them. And then he had two weeks. Then, yeah, he had two weeks. It was it has to have been like the shortest run of all time. Um the, the, the only thing I'll say to add to that, uh, you know Rob has to get serious and shit on Gannon more. Well, 
yeah, I just have to counter that. I mean, there are a ton of stats that every good quarterback he yeah. faced, he got torched. I mean, there was a pattern there. And I get you don't want to always change schemes, and you don't necessarily have to totally change schemes. Every coordinator has their own little wrinkles. Some are changing schemes, but I will say there's going to be a lot of free agents on defense this year, and there are going to be new faces on defense. So if there is a year where maybe it's it's time to shift things up a little bit, this might not be the worst year um, because I do think there's there is going to be some change, uh, and we'll talk about you know, free agency and, and the draft in another episode, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I mean, honestly, like the, 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 I saw someone write this on uh Twitter, I forget who, but it, they said like Jonathan Gannon could be like a, a guy who's like pretty decent at coming up with schemes and, and overall, you know, game strategy, but then just horrible in game with like calling some of the plays and stuff like that. Cause he, I mean, again, the defense did play really pretty well overall and, you know, was in the mix for like all time sack records and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, the, the, the players deserve a ton of credit for that. But I think to say Gannon didn't deserve any credit for the defense this yeah. year, but he certainly is super flawed. And I, again, if you're a, if you're a 49ers fan, I don't see how you're excited about this hire. No, look, and he may be one of these guys. I mean, it does seem like he's a bright guy. He's a young guy. He's energetic. You yeah. know, maybe he'll be a better head coach than defensive coordinator. Um, he certainly does have positive attributes. Um, I, you know, I wish him well. It's part of Sirianni's tree. Um, and, and maybe, you know, maybe he'll be a better fit as a head coach, seeing the bigger picture and, uh, you know, letting someone, you know, letting his coordinators, you know, call the plays on, on game day. I don't know if he'll try to call the defensive plays as a head coach or not, but, um, you know, that is possible. There are some people that are better as head coaches and coordinators and some people that are better at coordinators than head coach, you know. Yeah, so and we'll he see. and he he must be doing something right or like have some sort of cachet inside the NFL because last year he was getting uh I think he got interviewed for the Texans head coaching did, job yeah. last year. Yeah. And I thought the defense obviously was way worse last year. I thought so. he got interviewed in Denver too last year. Yeah, maybe. Um he seemingly had last some year heat. or this year. I can't keep track. No, he de- he definitely got interviewed for some head coaching jobs after his first year, which I thought was crazy. But again, clearly the guy has some heat, uh, tough situation going on in Arizona. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at DieHardEagles52. We'll be, uh, yeah, we got a ton of stuff coming up. Uh, I mean, again, free agency draft stuff right around the corner. I'm looking at Justin's face. He's so it's gonna be okay, Justin. Well, you know, we got Jalen Hurts. We're gonna we're gonna win some games next year. Stuff, man. I don't know. It's we had our chance. I'm just worried. I'm worried. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully Justin's on the next episode. Uh, thank you guys for a great season. Make sure you say subscribe. Tell a friend uh to check us out, the Diehard Eagles podcast. For the Diehard Eagles podcast, I'm Sean Second the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin. Go birds! Go birds! Go birds!